I shape communications. So depending on who my audience is, I will shape the communication so that it resonates with that audience and it makes sense. If I can't do that, I will use a proxy to help me shape that messaging. Welcome to the CIO Exchange Podcast. I'm Edean Porter de Leon. In this episode that was originally recorded during our 2019 VMware CIO Forum held in San Francisco, I speak with Ross Forgione, CIO of the Australian-based law firm of Johnson, Winter, and Slatery. In this conversation, we cover the ubiquitous issue that technology leaders face, resistance to change. Ross, who has been a CIO across multiple industries from broadcast to manufacturing and now legal, outlines the way in which he threads the needle between laying out a technology vision for the future and addressing the concerns of the various stakeholders who will now have to do things differently as a result of that vision. Ross, thanks for joining. So you were talking about previously in a conversation that we had about making people feel uncomfortable when change is needed. You need to change. The organization has to change. We have to transform. There's a point at which, you know, you have to make yourself uncomfortable, get into that space. But then there's also a point that comes where you have to make others feel uncomfortable. And that's a bigger part of the uncomfortableness of your yeah. own uncomfortable. How do I go and make someone get into that zone? They're not, they, they want to keep doing what they're doing. They, they love optimization. They're fine. Everything's great. The dividend is fantastic at the company. Why do we have to change this? Where do you start to make someone feel uncomfortable? And when, when is it uncomfortable too uncomfortable? The focus for me is making people get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it takes a long time to, you just don't flip a switch. It takes a little while to actually get people to that point. And it starts with trust. I love uh, that. I'm all about trust. It, it, yeah, <laughs> everything, well, everything comes with, there. It, it Credi- starts with trust. Credibility, all those words are just proxies for yep. trust. So you have uh, a bit of a journey. And if you kind of look at getting people to be, to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, it's a, it's a bit of a journey. And it starts with building a relationship and establishing a rapport, proving your worth proving your knowledge and that you can deliver. And it's really important. If you say you can, you must. If you can't, you must also inform and say we can't and for these reasons. So over time, start small, build up, and then eventually, and deal with the the low-hanging fruit, to use that phrase from a very, very long time ago. (laughs) Once you've picked that low-hanging fruit. That's important still, low-hanging fruit. I I usually start with the fruit that's fallen on the ground that's about to rot. (laughs) Grab that first, put in your basket, and then start with the low-hanging. And then move on from there. Yeah, exactly. You kind of establish the fact that, hey, this guy can actually walk the walk, talk the talk, and deliver on the simple, easy things to change. Then you start pushing closer to home. And that's when you'll start to notice that people may tilt their head and look at you a little differently when you're talking to them. So you're actually starting to challenge the norm, that baseline. And it's typically something along the lines of, I come to work in the morning, I have my cup of coffee, I log into my system, I execute my processes, I go home at night, everything is fine. I now have this guy or this person standing in front of me saying, that process that you've done this way for the last 10 years needs to change. And that's when people start to freak out. And that's when people start to freak out. <laughs> so then you need to have conversations and explain why. You need to explain why this needs to change and the benefits that you see. And it's almost like a mini workshop. And I'm not talking about uh, you know, grabbing them, going into a meeting room with whiteboards all around you and sitting in there for three to four hours. I'm actually talking about identifying where the issues are because they might not be visible to that individual. It might actually be an issue that's downstream to them. So changing a process that they're completing may actually fix a problem that's downstream for somebody else. 
which then enhances the overall efficiency. Process. No, that's fascinating too because they don't because a lot of the times people in their silos they don't see how that right. stuff affects them, and they don't right. see also the and that's too it's about communicating the value. They don't see the value in that because well, why would I have to change? And because they, they can't see what that effect is. I've deployed systems before, and people had no idea what other people did until yeah. the system was actually connected to other systems and processes. Yeah. And so when you're getting someone uncomfortable mm-hmm. and they might be freaking out, are you trying to you know, slow that, phase that freak out into like mini mild freak outs? <laughs> mini mild. <laughs> do, do you phase it up? Do you break it up? Yeah. You have to. You absolutely have to. And so you can break the work down you, you, and you need to convey to them what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, who's going to do it and what to expect. Yeah. Now, if you think in the context of different project sizes, that can be relatively simple and it can become quite complex depending on the size of change. And of course, the larger the projects, the more people that are involved in that change, the more people you have to manage, the more communication you need to do. And where, where do you see that unique role that, that technology, the technology leaders has in, because technology touches everything. Uh, and it does. We were talking previously about, uh, in another conversation, about how uh, how it's all the same across different industries. Everyone needs certain things. Everyone has salespeople. Everyone has you know, operations. So when you're approaching sort of this, the, the change management and you're, you're breaking people out of those, those silos, I mean, maybe you can kind of drill into sort of for the listeners too, how do you break that, that up? Because a lot of times people have the big announcement. They want to go big. They want to make a big splash and have like, you know, hey, everybody, there's a huge comms that goes out. We're going to be adopting Kubernetes and we're going to do containers. I'm going to refactor all this stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you phase that without first, you know, because you want to seem like, you know, you're, you're a visionary and you have a vision. But at the same time, visions also scare people mm-hmm. who have been used to doing it for 10 years. So I might use the example. There's uh, something we're going through right now with my team. So I'll, I'll just focus in on my team. So I have very skilled technical staff that are also very business aware. But one of their core skills is database administration. So it's all structured, RDBMS, and we've been doing it for a very, very long time. And it's your typical Windows stack, SQL Server goes on board, you know how the story goes. In looking at what it need, what we need to do in order to transition to cloud or software as a service or platform as a service down the future, we really have to relook at how we develop our in-house applications. Enter Docker. You introduce Docker and what Docker is able to do to a group of people that have heard about it, never really played with it. Uh, and then they freak out. And they, freak out. they absolutely <laughs> freak out. I, he'll hear this podcast and it'll make him smile and he'll call me something. Yeah, just um, get little stickers with whales on them. Little stickers <laughs> And that'll help everybody. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting, there's a generational difference between a couple of team members, which, which we'll, I'll, I'll touch on in a moment. But it's easier for me to build a small Docker instance and actually demonstrate to them an A-B comparison because they're technical. I can actually sit down and say, here's A, here's B, here's the differences, and here are the benefits. That's nice. That is, it's a really, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting way to onboard people rather than going in, you know, and whiteboarding it out, and here's the yeah. architecture. Uh, because, and I was having uh, several conversations about this with, with different individuals where they're talking about, okay, well, there's the architecture, mm. but then there's actually a moment where you sit in front of a screen. That's right. And you want to make something touch happen. It. Yes. You need to touch it. You need and, then, and then you're like, okay, I remember that whiteboarding session, but wait a minute, how do I do this? I'm, I'm there now. None of that stuff on the whiteboard helps me actually make it happen. To translate. <laughs> Just skip the whiteboard section, go straight to straight, let's get Straight front. to it. And you, I'm not suggesting every CIO or senior IT leader should be building Docker instances and, and, and building you know, Hello World type apps because yeah. uh, we probably don't have the time to do it. But the reason I did it is that this is my direct team and 
I shape communications. So depending on who my audience is, I will shape the communication so that it resonates with that audience and it makes sense. If I can't do that, I will use a proxy to help me shape that messaging. And I think that, and that fascinates me using a proxy too, because that is, you kind of, sometimes it does take a village and you want other people, you want a chorus mm-hmm. of individuals and, and maybe uh, dig into that a little bit about sort of that proxy, about how you grab others, how do you enlist others in, you know, that communications campaign, so, if you will. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah. For me, there's uh, every day uh, within the organization, any organization, you know who your technology uh, adopters are. You know, these are the people that are running their own grey IT that you're usually chasing out of systems. Yeah. So you know that they know how to do their job, but they also understand technology and the benefits of technology because they're, they're screaming to use it themselves. Recruit those people. Find out what areas and what departments they, they operate within. And that's, that's one real easy one. We formalised this approach internally in our firm. We have a director of legal innovation who is a practising lawyer. That is my permanent proxy and gateway. No, that's really interesting that you've actually institutionalised yeah. that. We've institutionalised it, absolutely. But we're also supporting that person with a, a business analyst or a legal operations uh, officer as well. So you know, he will have conversations with lawyers and put forward ideas or initiatives that have either come from what I call bottom-up from my team in terms of changes that we believe will benefit the organization and validate it, basically can convert an intangible benefit, see if we can convert that into the tangible column. Oh, nice. Because nothing, nothing, nothing speaks. That's a, I know, that's a great framework. That's fantastic. Because yeah. I haven't heard it declarative that way. It feels like you guys really sort of programmatized this process. So it's very, in, and it's good, I think, to make sure that it's at the outset, Everyone knows what the expectations are. Everyone has agreed on the same page. And imagine that probably makes building that trust coalition a heck of a lot easier. It is, it is a lot easier. Um, you know, technology is technology. Uh, and you know, business people are business people. We, we, we kind of sit on opposite sides. If it was an English Premier League game, there'd be one set of supporters on one side of the field and technology would be on the other side of the field. And yeah, it's, that it's analogy just... was totally lost on me. <laughs> um, but, but it works. It works. Yeah. I also find that feedback flows a lot freer as well. Uh, feedback, feedback via the proxy flows a lot freer and there's, there's a lot less deciphering noise. You ask someone, how'd you go with that new, uh, and they'll yeah. give you a nice explanation because they don't really want to upset you or they don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. Uh, but they or, should make you uncomfortable yeah, <laughs> if they need to. Absolutely, and, and, and that's the message. I find that if they talk with a third party, then it's, it's a more free, it's more open conversation. So the feedback we're getting, which allows us to you know, affect change to correct course, is a lot clearer and a lot easier to kind of pick out and, and, and act on as well. Excellent. No, I think that's great. So I, I mentioned earlier uh, the, the generational difference you know, regarding the, the Docker example. The SQL RDBMS guy is, is about my age, uh, and he won't get mad at me for saying he's about my age because we're about <laughs> the same age. I think he was a little more hesitant. He was more questioning of how this new technology and this new process, because I also fold a little bit of NoSQL in there as well too, yeah. uh, which kind of freaked him out a little bit. He's comfortable with it now, but at the Good. time it freaked him out. Is he comfortable with being uncomfortable? <laughs> or just um, he's just I comfortable? I keep saying that to him, and I'm not sure he's comfortable <laughs> with me continuing to say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. But the, uh, our younger developer, he's a couple of years out of university, and he was just on it. And, and yeah. it's just... It's amazing. The mindset's totally... The general mindset is very different. It's a mindset, but it's also part of, you know, um, casting off that which has made us successful. You know, yeah. It's part of that and understanding that the world around us is evolving and changing. The responsibilities that we have on our shoulders are evolving and changing as driven by the organisation, the environment and our client expectations. Uh, so when you, when you really dig into it, 
And it's important to internalize that yeah, as well. There's, there's good reason to yeah. understand why we need to do it. And that's also part of helping to get people comfortable with being uncomfortable. This is not me, the technologist, telling you you need to change. This is the world around us and our clients telling us that we need to change. Yeah, and I like that view because you're not just you're not trying to change them. It's not me putting my, my exercising my will on you. It's just me helping yeah. you see yeah. what is happening right now. But then get ready to have the justification conversations. Well, show me then. <laughs> and where these demands are yeah. coming from. Show me. So be Show. prepared. Yeah. Be prepared. Yeah. Well, Ross, I think it was a great conversation. Thanks for joining the CIO Exchange podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the CIO Exchange podcast. For more conversations with technology leaders from around the world, consider subscribing to this podcast. And to get video perspectives and deep research, visit vmware.com slash CIO.